Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to episode number 92 of the Church Leadership Podcast. We're so glad you've joined in for today's episode. And this episode is actually airing during Thanksgiving week. And uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, before we get there, welcome to the podcast. If you're new to our podcast, welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast Nation. And if you are a longtime listener or subscriber or watcher on YouTube, welcome back. We're so glad that you continue to tune in every single episode. And uh, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast. That way you don't miss a single episode. You can do that on your favorite podcast listening app. If you're watching on YouTube, obviously you can subscribe on YouTube and hit that bell. Uh, so you'll be notified every time a new episode airs on YouTube. And uh, listen, we would love for you to rate our podcast as well. You can do that really easy at ratethispodcast.com slash CLP, ratethispodcast.com slash CLP. And again, we're excited about today's episode. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It is the week where uh, we quit celebrating Halloween and <laughs> change gears to get ready for Christmas, right? That's basically, so, yeah. We, yeah. We have a two-day so. pause for giving thanks, apparently. Uh, stores don't even recognize this uh, national holiday on the calendar right now. It's just completely glazed over. So That's right. But we are, listen, we are thankful. Uh, as as we prepare to spend time with our families uh, in, a, in a safe way, by the way, but as we prepare to spend time with our families this week, we reflect on all the things that we are thankful for that God has blessed us with. Yep. Uh, one of the huge blessings in Mark's life and in my life is the Church Leadership Podcast. That's right. We're so grateful for all the wonderful guests we've had on. I mean, 91 episodes before this, this episode. Uh, that is that's huge for us. Uh, we're, we're thankful for all of the guests and all the people we've got to meet, the conversations we've got to enjoy. And we're thankful for you, all of you who listen and watch the Church Leadership Podcast, who uh, respond to us, who message us, who uh, refer and share this podcast to other people. We are so, so thankful for each of you. And most of all, obviously, we're thankful for Jesus and right. what he means to us, what he's done for us. And uh, we look forward to many more podcasts, to glorifying God and to encouraging and equipping leaders in the local church. That's right. Yeah, we're thankful to be able to bring this to you every week, week in and week out. And uh, thank you for listening. So here is today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the podcast. We are delighted that you are listening. And thank you for our longtime listeners and for those who are joining us for the first time today. Uh, this week, we have Matt with us. Matt Burford serves as the apologetic specialist with the Alabama Baptist State Board of Missions. He also uh, has uh, a couple of other things he's involved in. He's involved as uh, the founding member, I guess you could call that, Matt, of uh, Tactical Faith. It's an apologetics a nonprofit, and he also serves as an adjunct professor at Birmingham Theological Seminary. So, Matt, we are so glad. Uh, you are a busy guy that you took time out to join us this week on the podcast. Well, thanks for reaching out. This has been something I've been looking forward to doing. Absolutely, man. We, you know, we, we, uh, we had plans to get you on earlier, but it didn't work out. But I think maybe God's sovereign in that too. And, um, you know, we're still in the middle of COVID as we record this. 
and uh, we may get around to that part of the conversation too. But I, I want to start by asking about just apologetics. Period. I mean, you have a passion for apologetics. Um, you helped start a nonprofit um, group aimed at apologetics. That's what your role is with the State Board of Missions is is basically apologetics evangelism, or uh, you know, in that that regard. So tell us a little bit about your story in the sense of. How did you become interested in apologetics and what impact has it had on you? Yeah, so that's a great question. I would say it all started in 1994 when I was a junior in high school. And I tell people that I was looking for a book to read while we were taking our pre-SATs. I don't know if y'all remember taking those big cumulative exams. Oh, yes. And the teachers would always say, pick a book for you to read in between our subjects that we're going to take. I remember going to my dad's shelf and pulling, pulling down two books, um, God in the Dock by C.S. Lewis and other essays. And another one by C.S. Lewis, which was Problem of Pain. Mm. Um, I don't know why I picked those two. I just did. And I still remember the time that I was sitting there upstairs in Sachs, Alabama, at, in Sachs High School, opening up that God in the Dock, reading the first essay. And I'm telling you, I was blown away. Uh, you know, I've been a Southern Baptist all my life, you know, at that point in time, up until I'm 18 years old. And I'm a good Christian kid. I, I do all the good Christian things. I'm, yeah, I think that I kept myself pretty much clean. Uh, I'm doing the right things, but something happened that day when I was reading somebody that was talking and thinking like that. I don't know what it was, but it just started me on a journey that went through college. And of course, I'm taking the usual track that most people do that like apologetics. I start picking up, you know, Robbie Zacharias, G.K. Chesterton, George McDonald. I mean, I'm picking up all the right people. And then I just happened to pick up um, a book that sent me to a guy named Greg Kokel in California who has a, a website called uh, standareason.com. And me and him became friends. And 10 years, 10 years later, I started a nonprofit. And 10 years later, here I am today doing all those fun things you said that I'm doing. Wow. Yeah, you're, you're a busy guy. And uh, we're thankful for how God has used you, uh, not only in our state, but in the local church. And helping. I mean, uh, our goal here on the podcast is to encourage and equip leaders in the local church. And apologetics is a very, uh, very crucial part of that, especially in our society today. So uh, tell us a little bit about the, the last 10 years of being involved in a nonprofit organization that, that helps the local church and helps equip people to uh, understand and defend and their faith and even share the gospel in our, in our culture and society we live in today. So my wife uh, left um, medical training. She had she was at University of Alabama, Birmingham Medical School. Then we had residency. We had fellowship. We moved to Montgomery, Alabama uh, in 2009. And I started church at First Baptist Montgomery with Jay Wolf. Uh, Jay Wolf allowed me to kind of shadow him because I didn't really have ministry experience. Had a ma- uh, master's of divinity at, at Beeson Divinity School, uh, but never really had pastor experience. I helped my wife through medical training by being a computer guy. Uh, so I was looking for, for church work. Uh, Jay brought me on. Uh, I actually, it's because of him that I started what I did because he allowed me an opportunity to carve kind of space in a place at First Baptist Montgomery to teach apologetics. And I learned right off the bat that I had a lot to learn about teaching, uh, but, but I enjoyed watching other people have the same experience that I did back when I told you when I was in high school, mm-hmm. that, our, that our faith is, is something that, that's deep and incredibly wide and in terms of our worldview is consistent in the way it talks across what I call the five major questions, which is origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. And then there's, there's a fifth one too about authority. 
Um, but their lights would turn on in the sense of saying my faith is now, it's not that it wasn't real beforehand, but now it's something that I can talk about in a way that reflects the faith that I have. And I think that's what happened to me that day was just, I, I was warranted in my, in, in my, in my faith. I mean, you know, I mean, I had a re I know for a fact that God owned me and that Jesus was my Lord, but now, no, now I was introduced to an entire kind of history of a conversation of church, like church intelligence past of folks that were able to say it in a way that comes incredibly close to how I feel about it. And of course you can't exhaust that. Um, I mean, it's not, you know, I'm never going to say that I can put on paper what my faith is. Uh, but the reality is there's an entire, there's even right now, presently, there are so many resources and people in the apologetic world that are out there with a passionate desire to speak about their faith clearly, reasonably, emotionally, spiritually, one that reflects the faith that we have. And I think that's what my goal and mandate for something even like my nonprofit is, which is to go out and help the church understand there is a way to talk about our faith that's incredibly persuasive, a way to, to reflect our faith that's incredibly impactful. And apologetics is just part of that. It's an entry point into a world where we understand that we can use our mind, we can use our spirit, we can use our hands in service um, to reflect the faith and love that we have for our Lord in the bigger magnanimous uh, love that he has for us. Mm. That is awesome. Well said. So um, we've never talked about this, but I share a passion apologetics. I actually taught an apologetics and worldview course to a Christian high school several years ago, and I just, I've loved it. And here's what I've noticed. I've noticed, and that was several years ago, that there is a, a distinct lack of apologetic teaching, training, equipping in churches. And I've found that people are afraid to share their faith or afraid to get in those, those conversations where they're defending their faith or even explaining their faith because they feel like they just, they're not ready. And so I guess talk to us a little bit about how you've seen trend-wise, you know, is apologetics, you know, is it, is it getting better or worse in the church in the 21st century? And why do you think it's so important for churches, leaders listening and volunteer or pastors listening to, to dedicate or devote some, some time and energy and resources to that very thing? Yeah, another great question. 20 years ago when I started all this, nobody even knew what the term was. I'm talking on a popular level. Even a, a religious state like we have, apologetics was, I mean, I still get the question, but I mean, 20 years ago, I would get, what are you apologizing for? And so I'd have to back up and I'd have to define apologetics. And I get it. It's just part of what I do. Uh, 20 years later, I mean, there's hope. There's, because of the resources that have been produced, because of the people that are out there, I mean, I had the the, the pleasure to be a part of uh, Browood Presbyterian put on a big, huge rethink conference a couple of years ago. Uh, there were thousands of people there, and there were young people and their parents and adults. And when you're walking around, you could feel like something was different. I mean, there there is a movement afoot for people to want to know how to share their faith, to want to know that their faith is warranted, to, to know that our faith is grounded in truth and reason. Um, those are incredibly important. So yeah, I would say maybe 15 years ago, I thought oh, I have an uphill battle here. I started my nonprofit in order to help 
get this kind of training into the local church in the state of Alabama. I would say if we were doing a state of the union and then somebody asked me to do the state of the union of apologetics in the church in our state and probably out, I would say we're in, we're on good, we're in a good standing. We're in a good place. And in fact, we are positioned incredibly well for the struggles and pressures that we have in the future uh, because we have a lot of people that are trained. So to those pastors that are wanting to, you know, what is apologetics? How can I use it? You know, how can I integrate it into my church? I would say, hey, there are more resources out there now for you and for your church than ever before. There are more speakers now, even locally, even in the South, that are willing to come to your church and help you through it. You have help. Uh, and, you know, uh, pastors have so much going on. I'm sure, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking, to, I'm going to lunch today with one. Uh, I know there's an incredible amount of, of pressure on them, um, but all parachurchers are there to help the church. They're not there to re- replace the church. And running a parachurch, I've seen that. And I just want to let pastors know there's things out there for them. There's resources out there to support them. Use them. You know, they don't have to be all things to all people that way. You know, that's the reason Paul used the body language. There's just so many, there's so many people willing and waiting to be a part of, of, of ministry in a local church. Just, you know, bloom where you're planted, as Greg Coco would say, and be willing to be open and, and show some humility and bring some folks in that, that can help you train. That's a great point. You don't have to have all the answers, pastor and leader. There's people out there who can do it for you. That's a great point. Yeah, I, I, that's that's encouraging to know that someone like you or an organization like Tactical Faith or how you serve with our Alabama Baptist State Board of Missions, how someone like you can come alongside a church leader and help them. So as people are listening today, what would you say maybe would be some some very important things for us to understand and kind of take to heart so that we can do a better job of of sharing the gospel in the, the current climate, the culture we live in today. Yeah, I think uh, I was thinking about this yesterday uh, as I was talking to somebody who called me about this particular thing. Um, the perception out there is, is kind of a negative one that we're moving into a, a very strange time, maybe negative meaning we just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And it's probably always been that way to some degree. Um, but w- what I would, what I would say to that is be encouraged that, that again, that our worldview speaks consistently and comprehensively. And you take that encouragement and you know, listen, you don't have to know everything. It's okay to enter into a relationship with an unbeliever, not knowing everything. And in fact, curiosity can be quite compelling Uh, to be interested in your faith in a way that you're open and honest, even to an unbeliever and say, listen, I don't know that, but I would be willing to get into a conversation with you about that. I think it's something that all church leaders should be willing to do. And that's a, and to tell their people, listen, it's okay to say you don't know it all. In fact, I would think that's a good starting point. Well, what we, what we would call in the philosophical word epistemic humility is I think incredibly compelling in when we think of millennials and generation Z, the Gen Zs, they're looking for something that they can, that they can, I guess, ground themselves in, and they're looking for something that is incredibly genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're looking for real things. And I think it, the starting point of epistemic humility are just saying, I don't know, but I would like to be in a relationship with you to a point where we can know this together, I think shows off the bat, right off the bat. And for somebody that you're, you, you're open and honest and you're curious and you're, you're, you're smart enough and confident enough in your own worldview 
to be able to enter into that type of relationship. I think that that first and foremost has to be the starting point. Uh, when I did my dissertation, and I don't mean to throw it out there like that, but I, I had gone through eight years of apologetic ministry, and I got real depressed mm -hmm. because of things that I saw which were leaders and, and others not starting with a point from the first point of humility. So when I would go around and ask people, hey, what's the starting point of apologetics? And what's the starting point of all Christian education? You know, most would just scratch their head. And I would say, oh, we got that in the Bible. It says the fear of the Lord. Uh, and in fact, all of wisdom literature starts with that premise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And that's all of us, all humans. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge and understanding. And you have to start that way. Does that make sense? I don't know if that answered your question, but I think that's what we have to understand as Christians moving forward is that we have a positive gospel message of hope uh, that can answer questions legitimately and comprehensively and consistently. But we need to start with humility and we need to start with love. And it all st that, that sounds hokey, but it's true. You cannot have, you cannot see the world rightly for how it is without having worship and serving into the community. And my dissertation actually looked at what would apologetics look like without worship? What would apologetics look like without service in the community? And what I would say is without those things, we can't understand the world because we're not being Christ-like. So, and we don't think those terms, especially in the Baptist world, because we have the pulpit in the center in our worship, right? So in other words, we hear the word, we think about the word, we might chew on the word, but without worship and without service into the community, we can't have humility to help us understand the word to a point where we can take it out into the world. What an, what an incredible point. Um, and that, you know, in 2020 and 21, probably 22, that is such a needed reminder um, with all the with all the pride and talking points in all different directions, humility is, is the starting point. Fear the Lord. That is fantastic. That's encouraging and convicting. So as we close out our time, it's hard to believe that we're getting to that point, but as we close out our time, here's what I want to ask you. I think it's good for us, especially church leaders, to have some handles, right? And to be able to say, okay, this, this is where I can start. So for someone who, if, a church leader who's a volunteer or a pastor, who's solo pastor or whatever, and, and they want to help their people understand apologetics, um, you know, be equipped to, to have those, um, you know, faith conversations with people who may not believe and may have doubts and questions. What are some, what are some, I guess, go-to resources or tools that you would suggest that they start with to, okay. to get a good handle on apologetics? Do you have an hour? <laughs> that would be an hour show. <laughs> oh, and hey, just to, just to let you know, Matt, uh, in our show notes, we will be posting a link to uh, ta Tactical Faith. And uh, even if you want, we can throw your email in there so that they can get in touch with you. Because, I mean, the question mark ask and your answer, do you have an hour? I mean, I know there's a ton of stuff, but, you know, give us the, 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 short, the short list. So. Oh yeah, I think that's great. And 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 again, I, a little plug. I mean, you you can put my that's what I'm that's what I'm paid to do. I mean, the Alabama Baptists pay me to be a resource. Uh, so you know, I'll give you my email. I love taking emails from people. I love conversations with email. The last eight years, I've basically have started a nonprofit so I can go out to lunch with pastors. 
That's basically <laughs> what I've done. You know, when you look, I mean, I've done event, we've done events and all this other stuff, but I love talking with people about uh, apologetics. But to give you a handle, uh, this might sound a little strange, but the first place I would go is YouTube. Uh, YouTube is a vast library of all the greats out there from, you know, just think about uh, Lee Strobel. I mean, just, just take him in his Case for Christ series. I mean, uh, that's a really good one. You have Timothy Keller has his reasons for God. Um, I'm, I'm just pulling them. I mean, even the old guards like Josh McDowell and his son, Sean, I mean, they, they're a great resource. And these guys are, they have a heart for ministry and, and their stuff is not very difficult. And, and what I mean, that, and I don't mean that in a pejorative way. What I mean that it, it's, 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 it's made and created for a vast majority of people to understand. Uh, so Lee Strobel's case for Christ stuff that he does, I think is really good for church leaders. It's, it's, it's accessible. That's a good word. It's accessible. Uh, it's, um, it's made for a wide audience and, it, and it's a real starting point to go, you know, into the apologetic world. And listen, guys, this goes deep. Uh, the apologetic, uh, the whole apologetic enterprise and, you know, can go pretty deep. So we can go as far as you want to go with it. Um, but for, you know, just for the starting point, Case for Christ, YouTube, uh, you have to be careful with YouTube, of course, you know, we, we, you know, just put on your, you know, filter and just go after it. But, I mean, there's all kinds of people on YouTube that have done a really good job. Uh, Stand a Reason is, is another good one. I have friends even close uh, for those who are listening in Alabama. Uh, we have people like my buddy Jay Watts, who, who, do, who has uh, Merely Human Ministries, and all he does is talk about issues in regards to life issues, uh, abortion, um, you know, pro-life issues. Um, you know, so there's, there's names of people that you can Google, but if you're going to put my name in, in, in the show notes, man, I would stay up all night long for people to email me because this is just the world that God has is, is is put on my heart. It's a world that I'm passionate about. I am an apologetic nerd. <laughs> and Tactical Faith has a lot of resources too, obviously. Yeah, you know, Tactical Faith is, is we've been around for 10 years. We have some great videos. We actually have some, we've partnered with some of the greatest minds in the Christian evangelical world and in, you know, the broad Christian world. I mean, we brought uh, Professor Eleanor Stump, who's a, who's a Catholic, to talk about suffering. Uh, so we, you know, we're, we're merely we're we're a mere christianity outfit and i made it to be that way um my buddy uh, gary habermas says it's kind of you know sticking with the basics and in that way i think we can partner with a lot of people in the in the christian world so yeah go to tacticalfaith.com uh, we have our i have a fun little podcast that i do it's probably you know it's just something that i do for fun uh, that you can check out. I also have some PhD scholar guys that do one on philosophy. If you want to do a, uh, a dig deep on philosophy, a, a disclaimer, one of them's Anglican. So we're going to go, you know, you're going to go pretty deep into that world with his side, but he, he does a great job too. So yeah, tactical face, a resource, Alabama Baptist state board of missions is a resource. So you can, you can get me there as well. I hate to plug myself. I like to plug others, uh, but Hey, I'm just willing and ready to help anybody who's out there. Matt, that's the reason we had you on the podcast today. You are a resource, so uh, so there's no there's no need to apologize for being apologetic. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, man, we're so glad that you're able to join us today. I, this has probably not only been helpful to a lot of people who have listened today, but it's probably intriguing. There's probably people who are thinking to themselves, "I need to know more. I need to dig a little deeper. I need to figure out how." Uh, how I can prepare myself. And I'm telling you right now, 
having been in ministry a long time and a lot of that time in student ministry, one of the greatest things that student ministries can do is invest some time and intentional efforts in apologetics, uh, teaching their students how to understand their faith clearly and how to defend it uh, graciously, but also it translates into how they can share the gospel well. And uh, so, so thank you so much for being that resource and letting God use you. And we appreciate uh, what you shared today. We know those who have listened today have been encouraged and equipped to lead in the local church and to better defend their faith. Well, I'm, I was honored to be asked on. So thank you guys. Absolutely. We'll see y'all next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app.